Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. I want to share just a few verses out of God's Word and then a couple of thoughts And then I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day and week as we look forward to the new year. Uh, Why don't we go to Matthew? Let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. I want to read what Matthew's gospel says after Jesus was born. Yesterday we celebrated the birth of Jesus. What do we do now with the birth of Jesus? What does that mean? We've been talking about it for the last two times we've gotten together. Uh, Today, let's just look really quick what Matthew says happened after Jesus was born. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, look what Matthew writes. Matthew writes this, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all of Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. They told them, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house... They saw the child would marry his mother. They fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Out of Matthew chapter 2, those first 11 verses, let's talk for a little bit about what it means after Jesus was born. What does this story tell us? What can we learn from Matthew's account on the time that followed after his birth. I've titled this message, Gifts for the Gift. Gifts for the Gift. I'm going to ask you a question uh, today. Have you ever received a bad Christmas gift? Have you ever received a bad Christmas gift? A few of us here, we've been talking about it, and some of us have received really bad Christmas gifts. In fact, maybe you're with family and friends, and and some of you got some bad Christmas gifts uh, yesterday, and you're not happy about it. I know what it's like to receive bad Christmas gifts. I remember one time, I was about 13 years old, and there was this family friend. Uh, They were associated with our family because of circumstances back then. I was only about 13. And I remember I opened up the Christmas gift they gave me, and it was a pair of socks. A pair of socks. I'm 13 years old, and I got a pair of socks. I was so disappointed. I was so upset. A 13-year-old receiving a pair of socks. It was not a cool Christmas gift. And I remember I was angry. I was upset. How can you give me 
a bad Christmas gift, a pair of socks. But I've also received good Christmas gifts. Have you ever received a really good Christmas gift? I remember one time, we grew up in a household where we didn't have any kind of gaming system. My parents didn't want us to have any of that. One year, they finally gave in, and one Christmas, we opened up our gift under the tree, and me and my brother found a Nintendo 64. Come on. Some of you know what a Nintendo 64 meant back then. It was the greatest gift we had ever received. That's a good Christmas gift. I know some of us today were struggling because we probably received something we didn't like or we got a hand-me-down from a family member. But gifts, I, I do think they are significant, whether we like them or not. Gifts, they mean something. Gifts, I wonder what gifts mean to you. Gifts is something that you give to someone that you value, that you treasure, that you want to show that you have affection for, that you love, or that you care for. Gifts are absolutely important. In fact, I heard a pastor one time say that you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. In other words, what that implies is that when you love someone or care for someone, you, you will give. It's impossible not to give if you truly care, love, and have affection for that person. And so I think about this. When we give a gift towards somebody, especially a good gift, it's showing, I, I love you, I care for you, I, I want to show that I'm interested in you. And so out of, the, out of the abundance of my heart, I want to give you something that shows this. I think that's what we celebrated this past week. I think some of us here today, we, we probably got caught up in the lights and the traffic and the trees and the family, and it's been crazy. And that's, I, I get it, but don't forget what Christmas is all about. I think the magic, the beauty, the splendor of Christmas, everything that it all symbolizes is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. Christmas, what does it mean? It means that God loved us so much that he generously gave us the best gift. He gave us his son, Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. More than the trees, more than the gifts, more than the lights, more than the fake snow, more than the traffic and the mall going crazy, more than any of that, we're remembering we, humanity, got the best gift, and it's God in the human flesh. Literally, God gave himself to humanity. That's awesome. When you, when you love someone, when you love something, the best gift that you can give is yourself to that thing or to that person. Today, maybe you're thinking about everything that you don't have. Maybe you woke up today thinking, I don't have the family I wish I had. I don't have a loved one with me this year. Something happened this past year. and You're still dealing with grief, with hurt, with pain. Maybe you woke up and you're still dealing with that health issue in your life or that financial circumstance. And you're thinking about everything that you lack. Maybe this year you're struggling to really uh, think and reflect on what Christmas means. Because I know you're probably not having a lot that you wish you had. Life can be hard on all of us. But can I tell you, let the Christmas morning, let this weekend, let it remind you that God already gave you everything that you need. He loves you. He's for you. God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. I want to tell you today that you may not have everything you want, but in Jesus, you have everything you need. In him, you have healing. In him, you have forgiveness. In him, you have redemption. In him, you are adopted. In him, you are called. In him, you are sanctified. That's what Christmas is all about, that God sent a mediator, his son, Jesus, so that we can all have life and life to the fullest, life eternally, regardless of what material things I have or don't have, regardless of what financial things I do or don't have, regardless of who's with me, I'm reminded God is with me when he sent his son, Jesus. Matthew, he, he tells us in his gospel what happens in the days after Jesus was born. And I think it's an incredible story. The Bible says that uh, there was these wise men. By the way, we, we now know, we think it's three wise men, but that's just us coming up with a number. We don't know exactly how many there were, but there were these wise men. Wise men uh, were probably astrologers. They were the thinkers of their day. They were into wisdom and knowledge, books, reading, trying to find a sign of a higher being. Uh, the best word to describe them would be seekers. Here we had these seekers that were looking for a sign from God. And the Bible says that they saw the star and they came to worship the son of God, Jesus. They realized, these seekers, that Jesus is it. Jesus is the son of God. Today, maybe you're seeking. Maybe somebody invited you to watch this uh, service online today. Maybe somebody has been telling you about Jesus and you've been seeking. You've been seeking for peace. You've been seeking for hope. You've been seeking for joy. You've been seeking for a solution to the pain, the grief, or the God-shaped hole that you have in your heart. Can I tell you another bottle won't do it? Another relationship won't do it? The only one that can fill is Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can come and give you the peace you're looking for, the joy you're looking for. Can I tell you the best Christmas gift you can have this year is Jesus. He loves you. He's for you. Maybe, maybe you're like the seeker. You're, you're trying to seek things out. What, what am I going to do this following year that can give me peace? What can I find? Maybe it's another relationship. No, the one that you need, his name is Jesus. In fact, these wise men, these astrologers, these thinkers, these seekers, when they saw Jesus, they bowed down and worshiped him. Here these men who were considered intelligent in their time, possibly wealthy, very well known, had some kind of notoriety and fame. They were the wise men of their time. They are bowing down to a baby named Jesus. Because when you find the solution, when you find the one that brings hope to your life, when you find the only one that can bring satisfaction and joy, you have to worship him. He is the one that is worthy of our time, that is worthy of our praise. He is the only one that can satisfy the human heart. And they brought him gifts. I think this is very interesting to read Matthew's account and see what they bring to a baby. It says that they brought him gifts. They brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I think these gifts uh, they were beautiful, and for sure, they represented the countries that these men came from. Many believe they came from Arabia or India. It says they came from the east, and so they bought some of their finest products to worship uh, this baby named Jesus. But I also think there's probably something very significant that symbolized who this Jesus was going to be. 
I think the gold, the gold, it pointed to Jesus as king. Gold signified royalty. It signified that Jesus was going to be not just a child or a man that was going to save them or deliver them. He was also going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So they brought him gold. They also brought frankincense. And I think frankincense, it actually pointed to Jesus, not just as king, but as priest. The Bible says in the Old Testament that the priest that would go into the temple to go and pray on God's people on their behalf, they used to use frankincense to go into the temple. Here they brought him the gift of frankincense. And it showed that Jesus was going to be the priest, the high priest, as Hebrew tells us, the mediator between man and God. Jesus, he was going to be king of kings, but he was also going to be the mediator, the priest between us and God. The bridge that connected us to our heavenly father. And then they brought myrrh. Myrrh was also used in the Old Testament for sacrifices. It was a fragrance. It was an incense that was used in the temple when sacrifices were made. It's kind of strange to bring myrrh to a baby. If you think about it, it was used a lot for embalming fluid. That's not a gift that you want to bring to a baby shower. You don't want to bring myrrh. But I think they understood that this baby wasn't going to be a baby but he was also going to be a savior. It's Jesus as king, Jesus as priest, but also Jesus as savior. That he would lay down his life so that all of us would have eternal life. Jesus as king, Jesus as priest, and Jesus as savior. Today, do you know this Jesus? Do you know him as king? He didn't just stay a baby in a manger. He also became the king of kings and the Lord of Lords, and today we recognize, we worship, we give praise to the one who rules the entire universe. He is the firstborn of all creation. His name is Jesus. Do you know him as king of your life? He's also Jesus as priest. When we couldn't get to God because we were sinners, we were far from God, all of us, we've done wrong, thought wrong, we've said wrong, our sin separates us from God, Jesus came as the priest as the mediator, the middleman that would take us to God. It's because of Jesus that today we can be forgiven, we can be saved, we can be healed. Do you know him as priest? And then also as savior. This baby would turn into a full-grown man at the age of 33 years old. He would lay down his life for humanity. The Bible says he was unrecognizable on that cross. It's almost like the, the kings had foresight. They knew God maybe perhaps showed him that he would give his life for all of humanity. And whoever put faith on his sacrifice would be saved. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Do you know him as savior of your life? They brought significant gifts, beautiful gifts to this baby that would become the savior of the world that we celebrate today. It was also prophetic. Look what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6. It says this, vast caravans of camels will converge on you. The camels of Midian, Ephah, the people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense, and they will come worshiping the Lord. Isaiah chapter 60 gives us an incredible picture that people from all over the world would come and worship the Savior. Here these wise men, these kings, these seekers, these thinkers, they would come with gold and frankincense and myrrh to worship him is what Isaiah predicted. 
And today, thousands of years later, we see that all of us from different countries, different languages, different races, we are all worshiping Jesus as king, Jesus as priest, and Jesus as savior. What Isaiah spoke today is fulfilled as all of us are worshiping the kings, the seekers, these wise men. They were giving us a prophetic picture of what all of us would be doing today, and that's worshiping King Jesus. What do we do in response to this incredible gift that God gave the world. I want to finish with these last three things, and then you can go ahead and have some more Christmas food and indulge in carbs as we get ready for the new year. What, what do we do in response? Jesus, he came, he was born a baby in a manger, then he went as a man on a cross, and he resurrected so that we can have life. King, priest, savior. What do we do? How do we respond? I hope that from Matthew chapter 2, we can learn, looking at these wise men, these thinkers, these seekers, that we should respond with everything that we got. I got three things that I think we should respond with, and I think you can write a whole lot more, but I'll share these three. Uh, number one, I think we should respond with our time, with our time. I think something that is so valuable, uh, we should give it our time, our attention. Are you giving Jesus the best of your time? The astrologers, the thinkers, the seekers, these wise men, it must have taken them some time, perhaps years, looking for a sign of when the Messiah would come. I can picture them nights on end looking to the sky saying, when is the Messiah coming? They dedicated their time to find the one that they worshipped. Then finally, when they found the sign, they traveled far to worship him, again, giving of their time. Yes, they gave gold, and yes, they gave frankincense, and yes, they gave myrrh, but more than that, they realize this person, this baby, this king, this savior, this priest, he is worthy of my time. I'll cancel things to go and worship him. I'll move my schedule around to go and worship the king, priest, and savior. And they gave their time. I think today, if you love Jesus, one of the best things that you can do is give him your time. Give him your time. Say, God, I, I give you my life. I give you my all. Look what the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 2. Verse 20, uh, verse 32, it says, does a young woman forget her jewelry or a bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. In other words, God is saying, you say you love me, but you've forgotten me. I want to challenge you as we begin a brand new year, 2022. Can't believe we're going into 2022 already. Why don't you put God first on your schedule? Why don't you put him first on your calendar. Maybe this past week you got caught up in the Christmas parties, the holiday parties, the company parties, the family, the friends. Have you taken a moment to just stop, reflect, and think about Jesus, who he is, that you would fall down and worship him the way these thinkers, these seekers, these wise men did, that we would say, Jesus, you are it. You're everything that I need. You're everything that I want. Nothing else in this world can fulfill me, can help me, can give me joy, peace the way you can. I give you my time, not just the rest of you, but the best of you, the way we've been talking about in church over the last few weeks. God, I give you my best. The second thing that I think we can give them is not just our time, but also our treasure, our treasure. Have you given God your treasure? What I mean by that is saying, God, have the, the best of me, everything that I am, not just my time, but my treasure. It's what the wise men did. They traveled far 
over to the west. They came from the east to worship Jesus. When they did, they brought their treasure. Today you're saying, Alex, what's my treasure? I don't have a lot to give God. You know what he wants? He wants your heart. He wants your giftings, your skills, that that he put inside of you. He called you. He made you. He designed you with a purpose. Some of you are so gifted. Some of you, God has put some incredible genius on the inside. He's gifted you with talents that nobody else has. Can you give God your best and say, God, here's my treasure. Here are my resources. Here are my skills, my gifts. How about in this next year, you give God all of you? say, God, I worship you, and I also give you everything that I have, everything that I am. I put it in your hands. It may not be much, but just like the fish of the loaves, he can multiply. He can grab that gift that you have. and He can grab that skill set that you have, and you place it in your hands. Maybe you're saying, it's not much. I I just know I can sing a little bit. What about if you use your voice to worship him? I don't know what to do much. I know I like photography. What about if you use your photography to worship him? I don't, Alex, I don't know what to do much. I know I'm good behind a computer. What about if you use your skills to worship the one who will become king, priest, and savior? The Bible says this in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Today, where's your treasure? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. In other words, wherever it is that you put all of you, what means the most to you, your resources, your gift, your finances, your skills, your giftings, wherever it is that you put all of that, that's really what your heart is connected to. I don't know about you, but I know my heart. It's been connected to past things that was not Jesus, that I was giving my best to things that was not King Jesus. Today, I say, God, have all of me. Don't just have my time, have my treasure as well. Like the kings came, like the wise men came, like the seekers They came and they gave Jesus their best. This next year, let's give Jesus our best. God, you have my time. You also have my treasure. Because lastly, it's connected to my heart. Not just do we give him our time, not just our treasure. But I want to finish with this. Today, you can give him our trust. Let's give him our trust. See, these seekers, these thinkers, these wise men, astrologers, when they were looking out and they saw the star, They realize this is the the Messiah. This is the son of God. And they put so much faith and trust that they traveled all this time, that they brought all of their treasure because they trusted this was the son of God. Today, have you put your trust in him entirely? That he wasn't just a baby, that he wasn't just a nice nativity scene at Christmas time, but it was God in the flesh. Do you trust that? Do you trust that it was God who came to save you? All of us are sinners. The Bible says, I've sinned, you've sinned. We've all sinned before God. But God was so loving, so kind that he sent his son, Jesus. How much do you trust him this winter? As we get ready to go into a brand new year, as we get ready to go into spring, summer, I really believe it's going to be a new page for your life as you put your faith and your trust in Jesus King, Jesus Priest, and Jesus Savior. Today, don't just give them your time or your treasure. Give them your trust. Give them your faith. And I'm telling you, once you do that, it won't all be perfect, but he'll put you in the middle of his will, and he'll put you walking in the right path. In fact, it's what the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. 
today. Don't trust in yourself. I think it's time that we stop trusting in our salaries. It's time that we stop trusting in our relationships, in all these things. They're great. They're amazing. But my trust, it's in Jesus. Jesus King, Jesus Priest, and Jesus Savior. Today, I give him my time. I give him my treasure. And I give him my trust. Everything else in this world will fall. Everything else will crumble. Everything else will shake. We saw this in the past year and a half that this world can be shaken. And all of our foundations can be shaken. But there's one, one foundation that will never be shaken. And that's Christ. Jesus, the cornerstone. And if you put your faith and your trust in him, your life can be solid no matter what shakes underneath you. Today, can you put your faith and your trust in him? I pray that you have the best week, the most incredible week as you hang out with friends and family and you eat and you sing and you dance and you have an amazing time. But as we start a brand new year, put your faith and your trust in him. Some of you are watching today and you're missing that peace. Some of you are watching today and you're saying, Alex, I don't have the hope. I don't have joy. I feel like I've been trying to look for it everywhere in cars, money, houses, relationships, status, salaries. What you're missing is Jesus the king, Jesus the priest, and Jesus the savior. I want to invite all of you to, if you can, if you feel comfortable. I know you may be around friends or family, but why don't we all just close our eyes and bow our heads? Why don't we all just get in an attitude of prayer? There where you are. Whenever you're watching this, there, maybe you're by yourself. I want to tell you that God loves you. God loves you so, so much. God loves humanity so much that he gave because you can't love without giving. He gave his one and only son, Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus came. And yes, he was born in a manger. And yes, there was prophecies about him. And yes, the wise men came and they worshiped him. But he also became a man and he gave his life for me and for you. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. Yes, God is love, but God is also holy and he can't be with sin. All of us are sinners and it's that sin that separates us from this holy, awesome, majestic God. But he sent his son Jesus and Jesus came and he was king, he was priest, he was savior. He grabbed my sin and your sin. The Bible says he carried it on his shoulders, he went up on a cross and he died for all of our sins. Sin has a heavy price. It's called death. But the Bible says that the gift of God is eternal life. Sin should have killed us. It should have killed us. But, but God gave us life and life to the fullest in Jesus. Today, come on, as every eye is closed, head is bowed across houses, homes, offices, wherever you're watching this, I want you to close your eyes. And, and today, maybe you need to make a decision to say, God, I can't love without giving. And today, you need to give them your time, your treasure, and your trust. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, if today you're saying this Christmas, this year, before we begin a brand new year, I want to make a decision to put my faith and my trust in Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, you will be saved. You've been looking. You've been searching. You've been seeking. I want to tell you it's found in Jesus. Today, bow down and worship him. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. If you're saying, I'm, I want to make a decision for a brand new life. I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I need forgiveness for all that I've done. And I want a brand new beginning. At the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand wherever you're at. Maybe you're in front of family, friends. You raise your hand. If you're by yourself, you raise it up. God has seen you take this step of faith. We're going to call on the name of Jesus. 
In fact, if you're watching and you're, you're watching this online, why don't you let us know in the chats? We got pastors and leaders on the chats. We're going to put up some information that you can let us know you're taking this decision. We would love to just help you out and send you a Bible. All of you who raise your hands, all of you that are making this decision, say this prayer with me. Come on, why don't we say this together? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you raise your hand, if you're saying, today I need forgiveness, today I need new life, I'm putting my faith and my trust in Jesus. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I believe, Jesus, that you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Tell him, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm healed, and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. I'm believing so many of you made that decision today. Can I tell you, Merry Christmas. That's the best decision that you can make at Christmas time. It's saying, God, I want Jesus, your gift, to come into my life, to make me new. And now you start a brand new relationship with him. We would love to send you a Bible. I want to let you know Calvary Church is here uh, to walk this journey with you. We're all on a journey after God. We would love to walk this journey with you. Send us a text. And let us know on the chats. We would love to just hook you up with a free Bible and uh, literally be your family and help you out in any way that we can. Today, if we love him, let's give a gift to the one that was the gift. Let's give him our time. Let's give him our treasure. And let's give him our trust. I'm praying that as we close out the year, all of us have an incredible week as we all get ready to move forward in 2022. It's going to be an incredible year. I'm believing that with faith. Praying for all of you, me, Diana, our staff, our pastors, we pray for you each and every single week. Calvary, we love you so, so much. We can't wait. January 2nd, 2022. We're back in our Kendall campus, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., as we start a brand new series called Moving Forward. We love you. Have an incredible rest of your day and week. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. On behalf of me and Diana and the rest of us at Calvary Church, we love you so much.